0: Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I am your host, Lainey. We are back to eight games for round 15 after a couple of short rounds, and with round 14 of the NRL season behind us, some of us are blessed with a long weekend, and so we have matches until Monday. The North Queensland Cowboys finally have the bye for this round, and they are among a handful of teams that still had not had a bye this season, while others already have too. If you do some close analysis and mathematics of the current ladder, you may see a different ranking, but all teams receive three buys before finals commence, and some are likely anticipating that week off. Among the topics covered in this episode are player welfare with independent advisors authorized by the NRL to diagnose concussions, the coach's decision to start a player returning from origin without sufficient rest and sustaining an injury, taking them out of the competition for some weeks, and we will be touching on the best and worst performances of round 14. And we, of course, will share with you our tips and previews for round 15 of the NRL. Joining me on the show today a fellow panelists, Gabby, Emma, and Lachlan. We hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. We have Emma, Lachlan, and Gabby on the panel tonight. How is everyone doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Very good. All right, so let's get into it because Round 14 Rugby League Football's over. So we do have eight games of footy ahead for the round and most players are pretty much back on deck following Origin Game 1. We are still a few weeks away from Game 2 in Brisbane and we'll save our Origin chat for next week and see who comes out uninjured and selected ahead of that match. But a quick roundup of our tips from the last round. um, And Emma, congratulations. You got six out of seven. I think we were a bit drunk from the Tigers' Kool-Aid because we all tipped them to win over the Raiders. But geez, what a game that was. Uh, Lachlan, I'm sure your heart was beating out of your chest at a few moments in that game. Uh, Lachlan, you got four out of seven. Um, I think it was the Sharks and the Storm that were perhaps the undoing to equal Emma and me. I think it was actually the Cowboys that saved me from being dead last. So um, Lachlan and I, are four out of seven, and well done to you, Emma, getting the six. Okay, so as we usually do, let's do a review bit of a round up of um, what we thought was the best team or player performance from the last round. I'll start with you first, Lachlan.
1: I'm going to go with Valentine Holmes from the Cowboys. He was instrumental in that. Um, definitely an upset win over Melbourne. Um, I definitely didn't see that coming, but I'm sure Emma's very happy with that result and maybe Gabby not so much. But, um, yeah, Valentine Holmes for me. Uh, what about you, Emma?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about that win. I'm really sorry, Gabby. But um, yeah, I think Val did well, but I'm also, I'm going to go semi Um He was having his club debut and he's got a hat-trick. So yeah, good job, boys. Pretty stoked. What do you reckon, Gabby?
3: I've gone the Broncos against Cronulla. I think all the Origin players backed up really well and particularly the two centres in Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth, I thought they were overly impressive. And Broncos are shaping up to look a bit dangerous, especially coming in towards the end of the season. If they can back up from an origin match like they did, they're a real threat. So, yeah, they got my best performance.
0: Yeah, look, this probably sounds a bit... Um bias for me, but I'm going to say the Warriors were perhaps the best team. Um, I thought, look, I tipped with some uncertainty uh, last week in their matchup against the Dolphins, but I was actually quite happy to see that they, you know, took those lessons away and came back and they came straight out of the gate. Emma, you were right. Um, you said that, you know, they kept the same team, you know, they reviewed obviously their play and they showed up, um, definitely improving on a lot of those weak areas, so uh, like from their loss against the Broncos. And I'd probably say the best player for me, it's kind of like an even tie between Sean Johnson and Dylan Watene Zelezniak. I thought those were kind of standouts in that match. Okay, so they were our best. So let's talk about our worst. Um, any standouts as to underwhelming or uh, subpar performances from the round?
1: I think I have to say Melbourne. they I really didn't like how the Bunnies played in the first half, although they did have um, – there were some redeeming factors and obviously they got the win in the end, so I guess um, that's that's what you're there for. But, yeah, probably probably Melbourne for me.
2: Yeah, I don't want to come after Melbourne um, because I'm just excited that uh, the Cowboys got got up, but um, it's either got to be Melbourne or probably maybe even the Titans for me. I was hoping that they could uh, be a little bit of a closer game than that, but – wasn't to be.
3: Well, I was fully expecting you all to like race Melbourne. So I actually did go the Titans for the worst performance. Only because they're consistent consistently losing, like they're coming in at a lead at halftime and then just losing by so much in the second half. And I actually heard something last night that if the comp was based purely on first half performances alone, the Titans would be second on the ladder. But if it was based on second half performances, they would be second last. So Yeah, I don't know what it is about the second half of the Titans. They're just not not really an 80-minute team at the minute. So we'll see towards the end of the season. But right now, it's not doing it.
0: Well, I thought it was a storm, but I'll leave them alone. Uh, If we're talking about second-half teams, though, you know, they kind of gave up um, in their second half in that match. Although I thought Nick Meaney played pretty well for them. Um, Yeah, and I thought... I kind of circled the Sharks, uh, not circled the Sharks, but, you know, circled them on paper because I, I thought, I don't know, I think I expected better things from them in that performance to get the Broncos, but I guess that's sort of contrary to the point you made earlier, Gabby, about how the Broncos are looking pretty deadly at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the Sharks need to take a bit of a look at themselves as well. Thank you, everyone. Fair calls. I thought there were some really good roundups there about um, best and worst. So the North Queensland Cowboys finally have the bye this weekend. Emma, you'll be pleased that your team will finally get a break and on the back of a huge win on Townsville over the Melbourne Storm. So we talk about Sunday's being the day where we see some upsets and quite quite the score line there with Sunday as the Cowboys were victorious over the storm with that final score of 45 to 20. I think the three of us Emma Lachlan and I thought it'd be a Cowboys win but checking in with you Gabby not to rub too much salt into the loss but are you okay Uh, any general thoughts that the loss are you saving it for later?
3: Uh, I'll save a little bit for later it was just embarrassing it was not to discredit the Cowboys, but they got pumped by the West Tigers and then just decided to put on a show on Sunday. So I don't know. It's it's all fair and love and more, as they say. It's rugby league, but I think Melbourne needed it, a bit of a shake-up, and the Cowboys needed it. They needed a bit of confidence. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, fair. All right, so for those of you listeners who are in states outside of New South Wales, ACT, SA and Tasmania, it is the King's birthday long weekend, which means we have a match on Monday. So, geez, goodness, a long weekend. That'll be nice. So we've got eight games ahead and I um, know a few Broncos fans were hoping to see their team reclaim the top spot in the NRL ladder, but that actually belongs to the Panthers still. So for the first match of the round on Thursday between the Gold Coast Titans and the West Tigers, it's. On the Gold Coast. So the Titans were unable to improve their match winning stats at home, getting served a lesson by the South Sydney Rabbitohs and a better completion rate and holding more possession, but just dominating. Uh, The Tigers were looking to come out and win the second half as they've done a few times this season in their matchup against the Canberra Raiders. Geez, that was quite a match. Emma, some weeks ago after her beloved Cowboys fell victim to a very determined Tigers, had commented that the Tigers should go in to win many more matches after that hiding and it'd be rude if they didn't. It's only been um, a match for them since that trouncing. Lachlan, you tipped a two-point margin with the Tigers win over the Raiders match last round, but not so. Although we did see some fight in the Tigers. These two teams aren't too far away from each other on the ladder and this is their second meeting for the season with the Titans at thirteen and the Tigers at 16th, what should we look forward to with this match? And is it likely that the Tigers will be looking to show the Titans they are a different side to the one they met in March?
1: I hope so. I hope the Tigers can put up a much better performance than they did back in round one, where the Titans won, I think it was 22 to 10 at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, That was a bit of a pathetic match all round, if I I may say so. But yeah, uh, primetime game on Thursday night is between two bottom eight teams. I'm not sure what Channel 9 thinks of that, but Anyway, um, up on the Gold Coast, the Titans, they came into the halftime break against the Souths with the lead. And yeah, they just couldn't hold on to it. Um, a very high scoring game, 46 to 28, they ended up losing. They're going to need to be a whole lot more consistent if they're going to have any impact on this competition and if they want to get the win this weekend. In terms of team news for the Gold Coast, David Fafida has been rested due to some concern around um, some head knocks. Uh, AJ Brimson is returning into the fullback position with young gun Keanu Kini missing out of the 17. Brian Kelly shifts into the centres with Semi onto the wing and Jojo Fafida going back to 18th man. There's also been a shift around in the hooker position with Verrill's replacing the suspended uh, Brandle in the number nine jersey with Cruz Leeming and Jamin Jolliffe joining the bench. So, yeah, quite a bit of a shift around for the Gold Coast. We'll see if that improves their consistency at all throughout the 80 minutes. Titans fans will certainly be hoping so, but for the Tigers, uh, that game against Canberra was very hard to watch. Um, probably the last 10 minutes was the only the only part of it that I could really watch. That first 70 was really painful. It felt like the game the Tigers played against Souths a few weeks ago. Um, we were just getting beaten and there wasn't much we could do about it. Even though we we didn't play well at all attacking-wise, we were a bit unlucky in defence, but the Tigers' attack certainly needs to step up this week. Um, although the Titans' defense is definitely different to the Raiders', I liked the fight back in the last ten minutes. It was a bit of a shambles in the in the last minute as well. We should have we should have sunk another field goal and got it into Golden Point. But yeah, some good performances from some big names. But I think I don't see the Tigers performing very well this weekend. To be honest, I think their mojo might have been taken out of them a bit with that heartbreaking loss. Yeah. And they're going with the same squad as well. So, yeah, I don't see much changing from last week. I think the Titans are going to win. I think they'll do it by probably more than 10.
2: I think it'll be close. Um, I'm I'm looking at this and I really don't know who I want to pick. Like, as I said last week, um, just being a Titans home game doesn't really mean anything to me um, because I feel like they don't perform as well as you'd expect at home and i don't know why but just doesn't seem to do them any favors and it didn't help them last week tigers i don't even know what to say about the tigers um i think if they both play how they've been playing this will be actually a pretty exciting match like if <laughs> it the titans could come out strong and then die in the second half and the tigers if they played like they played last week and um yeah go hard in that that last half they could pull away with the win so really tough one for me but just for you Lachlan I feel like I want to go Tigers
3: yeah I had Tigers too purely because I think as we've discussed the Titans are like sort of second half chokers sorry Titans fans but and West Tigers sort of come good in the second half and really put up a fight each week so like you said Anne, it doesn't really mean anything that it's a Titans home game I think that if the West Tigers can go to Bathurst and do what they did to Penrith way back in whatever round that was, they can go and do it to the Titans. So I'm going to back them.
0: Yeah, I was thinking along those same sort of lines is that Titans are kind of a strong first half and Tigers are a strong second half, but they're a strong second half that they sort of chase to know what they need to do to get the win and get those points over. So I'm actually going to tip Tigers for this. Um, It was a little bit tricky to call. But I feel like Jareem Buller's playing excellent football. Um, you know, Uppy will be able to play the full 80 minutes and, and instead of coming off the bench like he did in that last game. And also, Brooks is actually playing some of the best footy I've seen in a while. And, you know, I guess i like to believe that they'll be able to come and dominate for this. Titans, despite their many chances to prove that they're not that sort of team that sort of lets the lead slip away, they just keep doing it each week. I don't think they're learning their lessons. I don't think they're examining their play enough Uh, very well to improve so yeah I'm going to go Tigers.
1: Wow thanks for all your support everyone I wasn't expecting that at all yeah I think uh, Dream Buller you mentioned there he's been playing out of his skin but I do think last week he showed a bit of his inexperience um, especially in shape like in attack he was a bit of a roadblock at times I found just going through set plays but I'm sure he'll come good (laughs) he's got so much potential. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you, everyone. And also, thank you, Lachlan. So, the first match for Fridays between the Canberra Raiders and the New Zealand Warriors down in Canberra. Bit of travel for the Warriors. And it's also the 300th match for Jared Croker. So, the home team, the Raiders, will likely have their fans turn out in big numbers to cheer on and celebrate his 300th game. And this will be his 23rd time over his career facing the Warriors. So the Raiders' last match against the Tigers was pretty gritty, as we just um, spoke about, and there's been some talk about some missed officiating calls that were in the Raiders' favour, but the Raiders stuck in there and they got the win. Um, Also just a couple of errors from the other side. Uh, The Warriors, they'll have some off-field challenges with travel and the Canberra home crowd definitely uh, to try and overcome in preparation for this match, but they showed some real strength and dominance over the Dolphins in their last matchup. And over in New Zealand, look, shame on me for thinking that uh, the Warriors weren't going to be able to uh, get that win over the Dolphins, but, you know, I was still cheering at home. I still love them. So for the teams, uh, for the Raiders, somewhat expected he's the centre and focus for this match, but Jared Croker will return at the centre for the Raiders. That means Albert Hopwate will um, go out to the wing and Nick Kotrick will be moved to the bench. Seb Chris returns from injury and he'll be wearing the number one, so Harley Smith Shield will actually make way for him. Um, Elliot Whitehead returns from his two-game suspension and he'll be in the second row, uh, which means Corey Horsbrough goes to the lock position and Joe Tapine will be moved to prop. Also, Basami Saulo will start on the bench. And for the Warriors, Dylan Walker and Freddie lusick they're um, both going to be available again following, I think it was a toe injury for Dylan Walker and a head knock for Fred Lusick. Rocco Berry, he's out following concussion protocols, which means debuting for the Warriors at centre is Ali Leia So a small shout-out for him. Um, He's actually been a foundation member of the Warriors, geez, since he was 14 years old. Um, But, yeah, when the Warriors were based out in Redcliffe last season, uh, he scored 13 tries and 13 appearances for the Redcliffe Dolphins in the QRL Colts competition. So he's been part of their junior ranks for a while, and um, I think Andrew Webster was only too happy to uh, name him to start on the side. Um, For anyone who... Um, knows, but he's the nephew of former Warrior and Kiwi's uh, forward Ale Matangi, Loi So I'd actually like to tip the Warriors to upset this match. Um, They've shown some real maturity um, as they've learned from their losses. And a few players um, in the mix have really just stepped up their game for the Warriors. I feel like the Raiders will be gunning really, really hard for this upset. And you know, I can't fault really the Raiders because the Raiders, if you look at their statistics over their past few matches, they've actually been playing really quite well. They have good ball speed. They, you know, they they really do focus on their attack. Obviously, there's some certain things they need to tighten up. Among them include like just giving away penalties unnecessarily, and that's usually through um like silly errors. But they are coming in the stronger team for this match. I'm rooting for the Warriors because I feel like they're on this new level. Of, uh, of skill. They've just sort of come into themselves a little bit more, and they're used to playing in those types of conditions. Oh, I don't know what you guys think, but, yes, it probably is my bias coming through a little bit. I do think this is going to be a Warriors game. I think it's going to be very tight, though, because I can imagine the Raiders will be gunning really hard to get that 300th um, match celebration down there for Jared Croker and with all those fans there too.
1: I mean, yeah, as you said, Croker's 300th. The Raiders fan base has been leading into this massively. Like, I can't remember a 300th game being so widely celebrated in the week up to it. The Canberra social media team has been uh, pushing it so hard on every platform, and there just seems to be this great atmosphere leading up to this game. And that means it could go either way, right? They could, um, you know, disappoint, disappoint their fans at home, or they could come out and put on a big showing. And I don't think it's going to be anywhere in the middle. I think the Raiders are either going to run away with this one or have a big score put on them. Right now I'm kind of leaning towards the Raiders running away with it at home. Sorry, Laney. Um, Yeah, so for Croker's 300th, I'm going to go Raiders by 20.
2: Yeah, I've got to agree with you. Um, Not on the score, but just I think the past – well, Croker literally skipped last week um, playing just for this game. There's a lot that's – going into this game to make it a special one for him. And I think they have to win. But at the same time, I don't know if it's going to be a runaway with it because on paper, kind of I know the Raiders are pretty strong, but I just really like the look of the Warriors. I think they've been playing uh, really well and there's just something about them that um that I wanna I wanna go for them. But yeah, for this game, just with everything that's gone on with with Jared Coker, I think I've got to go the Raiders.
3: Same, you guys have covered it all. It's broker hashtag 300. I think they're just going to turn it up and that Raiders crowd down there will be huge for them. And, yeah, I can't believe you didn't go to the Warriors last week, Lainey. <laughs> but, yeah, this week, I don't think they'll do it this week, unfortunately. The travel and the occasion, I think it'll put them on the back foot. But it'll be a good game either way. It'll be exciting. I like Jared Croker. I can remember watching him, like, with his little bleached hair and his headgear, like, as a kid. So it's like, it's almost like, this is crazy. I feel like rugby league fans will be excited for this occasion.
0: Yeah, 100%, I am. Thank you, everyone. Mm -mm. The only person here going for the Warriors... So on to the next match for Friday. The Manly Seagulls are hosting the Travelling Dolphins at Brookvale Oval. So both teams are coming off a loss and will be both looking for a win in this match. Manly seem to have a win, then a loss, then a win. Seems to be their sort of behaviour this season. And they've lost their... Past five games against Queensland-based teams, the Dolphins in the inaugural season are much the same as they also bounced back from their losses, and with some gusto. Emma, a few of the Origin players are back in their club squads, and a few on suspension for all their, you know, for their side, which should make this matchup quite interesting with some likely movement in the lineup, specifically the Dolphins. I'm guessing your husband is keen to see his team get a win here. How are things looking for this matchup for this prime time slot on Friday?
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure he's hoping, but um, he never likes to get his hopes up just because he always gets disappointed. The Dolphins did lose last week, but I was noticing before that, like you said, Laney, um, they have had five losses this season and in all but one of them they've gone on the next week to bounce back and get a win. So I think they'll be quite hungry to get a win this week. Ah, uh, location could play a little bit into it. Uh, Manly have won three of their five games at the stadium and the Dolphins have only won one game outside of Queensland so far. So they're not the best travellers. For the Manly team, despite getting a head knock in origin, Tommy Turbo has been cleared to play because the NRL said he was never actually diagnosed with concussion. So I'm sure Manly fans will be excited to know that he's there. Ruben Garrick will move to the centres to replace Brad Parker and Christian Tupulotu comes in on the wing. Jelly Terry Evans will be back after being away on origin duties and Cooper Johns will be dropped. Josh Allier is back from his shoulder injury, playing from the bench. So just a few little changes there, but for the Dolphins, they've, they're have they a bit all over the place. So Jared Wallace and Anthony Milford have accepted three match bans. Uh, Tom Gilbert is out with a shoulder injury. Therefore, Bennett is going to have to shake up the team's a fair bit. It's like Jeremy Marshall will hopefully be back from his shoulder injury, so he will hopefully play hooker. Uh, Herman Essiesi switches from prop to bench. Pouasa Farmasuli will take his spot at the bench. And then Kurt Donoghue moves from 18th man to the bench. Then the hammer he will be back at fullback, so Cody Nikarima will move from fullback to 5'8". And Max Plath will move to 18 man after his debut game last week. So massive changes there, people switching all over the place. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they cope with all that, but it's it's Bennett. He knows what he's doing, and the Dolphins have been pretty good with surprising everyone this year. So, wouldn't be shocked if they could manage a win after all that bit of turbulence going on there. We'll have to see what we what what happens on the night, I guess. But I think I'm going to go manly just um, because I think that's safer option in my household?
3: I Honestly, I haven't got anyone picked. I think, like you said, and maybe Manly is the safest bet, but I doubt the Dolphins are going to go down and lose another game. Uh, I don't know. Lachlan, what do you think? I need some convincing of some sort.
1: Well, yeah, I like Manly. Yeah, I've been very hesitant to tip the Dolphins this year, especially after a loss. Um, they're also down on some troops as well. I think I think Manly should should be clinical and, and get it done fairly comfortably.
0: I'm going to go the upset and go for the Dolphins only because why not? <laughs> I like the Dolphins probably a little bit more than Manly. Um, if I'm going to be fairly honest, uh, I'm never sure about Tom Treblyevich. I always feel like Jack Treblyevich does the most work, um, and he's like out and I think um, Wayne Bennett has a pretty good record um, in terms of um, getting wins against Anthony Seibold's uh, teams that he's coached. I am going to go for the Dolphins. Why not? Thank you, Emma. I hope everything's lovely and peaceful in your household, whatever the result is following this matchup.
2: As long as I keep my tippet manly, but might do a sneaky change last minute.
0: Thank you, Emma. So the first of the Super Saturday matches is out at Coggera Oval with the St. George Illawarra Dragons hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. This will be an interesting mid-afternoon match as the Dragons have come off a loss and are looking to change their fortunes and stop deceiving their fans. The Rabbitohs are looking to really set the competition on fire as they continue to move up the ladder to take one of the top two spots. So to the teams, for the Dragons, forward Jack DeBellin, he's out with a head knock from their last match against the Penrith Panthers. So in his place, Ben Murdoch Masila will be playing. Zane Musgrove is named to start on the bench and Jack Bird and Black Glory are named in the reserves. And for the Rabbitohs, the Rabbitohs have Jai Arrow missing and tough guy Cameron Murray out injured, by the way. Despite some injury during play, he was able to stand up and uh, help sort of b- carry the ball over to assist with a try. So he really is a tough guy, um, as you say he is, Gabby. Therefore, Saliba uh, Havili, he is now recovered from his ankle injury and he'll come into this match and he'll be starting on the bench. So Shakai Mitchell is starting as Locke. And it's actually great to see him getting more game time since he's come onto the side and good recovery after that injury from earlier in the season. Uh, Jed Cartwright will also be starting on the bench. And although he remains sidelined with a calf injury, Latrell Mitchell missing from the side hasn't really prevented the team from maintaining a rather dominant attack. So I feel like I could almost bring up my notes for the last previews that I've made about the Dragons, but it is the same again. Lots of attack and ball carries, tackle breaks and good defense rate with effective tackles, but a lot of silly errors, not getting on side and just poor completion rate, which just equals no win for them. So in their last match against the Panthers, the Dragons like a bit of urgency at moments when the ball was live and players either not communicating well enough amongst them, but... They just cannot look back over that match footage and think that they played their best game. So there is that lack of urgency from the team and the hunger, which is, I think, really ruining their chances. And it's all fundamentals that lose it for them, basic footy that we're all taught in junior footy. And to have the lead and then continuously, continuously lose it in most of their games – it's just becoming more than disappointing. So among their past five matches, the only win was against the Roosters, but their losses are within 10 points, and it's mostly down to poor conversions from their kicker. I'm sorry to say, but these are points that can be won with some practice and goal-kicking. Ben Hunt is a consistent performer for the side with points and assists. And Wingo Mikhail Ravalawa, he's the same. But a lot of the others on the side really just need to step up. So for the Rabbitohs, they came to the second half of that match against the Titans to show that they are still serious about their grand final intentions. As they're showing how they're able to really step up and connect on those attacking plays. I thought Damien Cook was looking to shut me up too about my origin comments and anyone else. He's perhaps a little bit more motivated to show he's still got it and will continue to do so until he is selected. So with players like Cody Walker and Alex Alex Johnson that are always on the lookout for a try and then Campbell Graham, the team just have an embarrassment of riches with impactful attacking players that can convert opportunities. The Rabbitohs have won eight of their past nine games against the Dragons, and I think they will do that again. I am calling a Souths win. The only thing that could upset that is if the Rabbitohs get calls that they vehemently disagree with and lose a cool head. But in past weeks, we've seen that they can certainly compose themselves.
2: I really feel for the Dragons. I just, it must be so painful being a Dragon supporter and just, you know, it's hard to find hope for them. But um if they were going to beat the Rabbitohs, I think this is right now is probably the best chance that they'll ever have. With Cam Murray, Jai Arrow, and Trelawny all out, this is probably the best time if there was a time. But I just don't see them getting it. I think it's going to be the Rabbitohs' win for me.
3: Uh, I will legitimately fly to the moon if the Dragons beat us. I just don't think that they will. I just don't think the Dragons have much at all to give. Um and the rabbits will I think they will overcompensate a little for the losses that they've got and will just come out far too strong. Um so yeah, rabbits, easy
1: win. I wouldn't mind going to the moon. But in, t- in terms of the game, <laughs> in terms of the game, yeah, I, I can't say <laughs> I can't see the rabbitos losing, to be honest. But if the dragons win, I want to go go to the moon with you, Gabby, if that's okay.
3: Yeah, good.
2: The other thing I was going to say is there's been a lot of talk uh, with Origin about Cody Walker possibly coming in. And if that were to happen, people are saying for Damien Cook to be selected as well to have that combo. So I think both of those guys are going to be really trying to show that they have what it takes uh, and can be Origin players. So I think they'll be more on fire than ever.
0: I know that we on the show, we sort of talk week in and week out about how we feel sorry for the Dragons fans. And I think the fans know what's wrong. I'm sure the players know what's wrong. But the players, it doesn't feel like they're really doing anything about it. Am I being a bit harsh? But, I mean, I really genuinely do want to see the Dragons do better. I feel like they deserve it, not just for their fans, but for their members. I mean, they buy the merch, they buy the tickets, the membership, they renew them each year. It just it just shouldn't take fans about to protest at a match to get them to pick their act up and win a particular game, and then the coach out the door. I just feel like like, are they not paid enough? Do they not want it enough? Or do they just have a bad mix of players?
2: Ben Hunt's trying to leave, isn't he?
3: But see, if Ben Hunt, it wouldn't be like the worst thing. It's almost like Ben Hunt, if he's ever going to win a premiership in the years that he's got left, it's almost like let him go and filter that money into players that are gonna build up the wins. And yeah, I just think it might not be the worst thing for the Dragons to let Ben Hunt go.
2: I think he deserves to win a premiership. And if there's somewhere else that he could win it, then let him go. And there's no way they're winning one this year or probably even the next couple of years. So you may as well get some young talent in there and breed them up good and then give it a few years and hopefully turn something around. I think that's a good point, Gabby.
3: Maybe the dragons need more than just that, but that's a good starting point, I
0: think. Yeah, I'd say there's a bit happening in the boardrooms that need a bit of shuffling too. Thank you, everyone. So the second match on Saturday is in Brisbane, an early evening match with great football weather forecast of the Brisbane Broncos. They are hosting the Newcastle Knights at Lang Park. The Brisbane Broncos are sitting second on the ladder and without a buy yet for the season. They seem to be the team that is proving that they can still get the win with players missing. They have what most coaches would look at enviously as a well-rounded and well-supported team, but one player perhaps the most indispensable for the Broncos. The Knights are sitting at 11th on the ladder and have five wins to their credit so far in the season. And their last match in round 13, they stunned Manly with a win in Newcastle. They are coming into this round off their second bye. Emma, the Broncos are proving they have the right mix of strength and agility among their players. Teams haven't had the best win record following a bye this season, but the Knights will be looking for another win off their bye as they did in round 11 there should be a great match in Brisbane. So what can we expect?
2: All right. So this will be an interesting game. It's the battle of the Queensland fullbacks. So Caelan Bonger is finally playing where I believe he should be and should have been the whole time. Apparently he did tell Billy Slater that he wants to focus on club footy. So he has ruled himself out of any chances of being selected for game two and three of Origin. So Reese Walsh will be keeping that spot, I believe. But he um, definitely has not let us down in Origin and is continuing to show everyone how good he actually is, both in club and Origin. So, so it'll be a good game, I think. Uh, Broncos are on fire at the moment, and I am going to just put it out there right now. This is my um, official tip. I think the Broncos will get the premiership this year. So I know that's a big call, but I'm I'm doing it. I'm saying it right now.
3: This early on.
2: I know, I know, but I just feel it. You feel <laughs> it.
3: That's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time to call it now. We've we've got a good feel for the season.
2: Yeah, and I feel like it's not too, like you can't call it when it's like right in finals. That's cheating. You have to do it early in that. Definitely. <laughs> Still time to put a bet on. No, they're probably playing like nothing. <laughs> anyway, um, the Broncos team is... Pretty similar to the last game. Selwyn Cobbo missed that game, the Sharks game, after picking up a hip injury in origin. But he's back now. So Jesse Jesse Arthurs will move to 18th man. And that's literally their only change. So then we've got Tyson Frizzell from the Knights. He'll be back from origin duties uh, playing in the second row. So Jack Johns will shift to the reserves. Lachlan Fitzgibbon has been named in the second row, returning from his calf injury, and Kurt Mann joins the bench, pushing Lachlan Miller to the reserves. I thought Lachlan Miller was going pretty well, but anyway, for me, this game, it could it could come out and shock me, but I think it's an easy Broncos. They're just being playing too well, too consistent. The Knights have been a bit all over the place, so for me, it's an easy Broncos, but I'm happy to be proven wrong.
3: Well, yeah, it's a no-brainer. I think with Brisbane, are just on fire at the minute. Um, I think they'll come and really trounce Newcastle this week. I think it'll be a massive margin. I don't know what it would be, but it'll be big either way.
1: Yeah, it's just got to be Broncos. Um, it felt like uh, last week the Rabbitohs actually Rabbitohs titans game, but it just was like, if the Titans win this, like we've just got to give up on tipping um so if the if the Knights win win this against the Broncos I'll be very surprised but who knows who knows
2: yeah fully there's no point in tipping after that if they if the Knights can do it it's at Suncorp as well so that's another thing in their favor
0: um I kind of feel that it's astounding when you look at the stats from the last Broncos match but also recalling that match, having some patience and, you know, great defence, they were able to win that pretty easily. Did I hear correctly, Emma, that you were saying that you're calling the Broncos for a GF Premiership win?
2: Yeah, I'm getting in early. I just want everyone to know when they get there. I set it back in, what are we in? Round 15. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I'm safely tipping the Broncos for this. Um, I have a feeling... it might be kind of close, Um, only because the Knights seem to have this weird sort of fight-back mentality that seems to sort of pull through in the second half. They might even just sort of whittle the margin that we think is going to be quite large, to down to only like six points. Uh, But who knows? Field goals seem to be the new trend at the moment. So (laughs) um, I I highly doubt it, but the Broncos are quite clinical. Um, I expect them to get the win. All right, so the final match on Saturday is at Moore Park in Sydney with the Sydney Roosters hosting the Penrith Panthers. And the Roosters will be looking to back up that win from the last round, snatching away a victory from the Canterbury Bulldogs. And the Penrith Panthers have some new headaches uh, with rounds ahead, but they were still able to come away with a win last round over the St. George Dragons, Lachlan, this is the prime time slot for Saturday football. Will it be a blockbuster as we think it will be or a walkover by the Panthers?
1: I think this should be a cracker of a game. Um they're two two back-to-back premiership winning clubs, yeah, in the past six, seven years. Uh, it's first fee ninth, only four competition points between them. Uh at that one full new stadium in Moore Park. I think this is really set up to be. A really, really good game. There's a lot a lot on the line for both teams, I think especially the Roosters, but also to see how Penrith perform without Nathan Cleary, obviously. So, yeah, the Roosters, they're coming into this one off a bit of a scare against the Bulldogs. They ended up coming away with the win 25-24, uh, a field goal proving the difference. They're going to need to play better than that if they want to take it to Penrith, and they know that. I think they'll be up for it. Um, Joseph Suali'i is suspended, so Corey Allen moves into the centres with Daniel Tupo returning from injury onto the wing. He hasn't played since round seven, I think, off the top of my head, so uh, he'll be looking to get straight back into the groove of things. Meanwhile, over at Penrith, they're coming off a shaky win of their own against the Dragons, um, but the main storyline out of that match um, is Nathan, Nathan Cleary's injury. Actually, that that kind of frustrated me a bit, the media reporting of that game, because there was, like, zero mention of what actually happened. It was just Nathan Cleary's been injured for six weeks. But, yeah, Cleary's injured, so that means Jack Cogger takes over at the number seven role. Obviously, Penrith had Sean O'Sullivan last year, but he's off at the Dolphins now, so Jack Cogger is that replacement halfback. Um, Jamin Simmons himself joins the bench. I think Penrith are going to win by 16 or so. Yeah, the Roosters just haven't been impressive at all. I think Penrith will be quite keen to get out there and show that, that you know, they're not a one a one man team. Like they're not relying on Nathan Cleary. And I don't think they are relying on Nathan Cleary at all. I think they're a great side that can uh continue building on on their form, building up this season and premiership charge without without their halfback. So yeah, I'm going with Penrith.
3: Yeah, this will be a cracker, as you said, Lachlan. I think this could potentially be the match of the round. Yeah, I'm going to go Penrith too. I think the Roosters are just sort of clutching at straws, I guess, to try and get their way to the top eight. Um, I think Penrith have been just a little bit too consistent. Uh, Yeah, so I think they'll get an easy win.
2: Yeah, well, the Roosters have been pretty all over the place, but like I said last week, I feel like they just play worse when they're versing worse teams. Um, and we saw that with the the Bulldogs. Yeah, they still won, but barely. And I think that doesn't really show. I think they just play better when they're playing against better teams. for whatever that reason is, um, I don't know if they just <laughs> think that they're too good and they don't try as hard, or what it is. But I think they will be pulling out a little bit more with the Panthers um, without having Nathan Cleary. The Panthers are going to be a little bit shaken, I think. And yeah, I, st- I still think they've got more in them than the Roosters, but I'm going to go the upset. I'm going to go the Roosters.
0: It's a Panthers win for me. Um, I'm actually not sure the Roosters are showing much improvement in defense with their side. They're still among the worst defenders uh, in the league. Um, and I think... Kind of felt like all that talk about Tedesco's performance leading into and out of origin had lit that cracker for him to shape up and prove some of his doubters wrong. Although I don't like that it takes all that noise for the club or him to improve. I expect being professionals, they're watching every game, reviewing their performance and picking through their issues. But that last round win over the Bulldogs, that was desperate. Um, and I think it was just desperate to get that win because I feel like Trent Robinson had said to them, you better win this. I don't care what you do, just win it. Um, you know, you're embarrassing me and you're embarrassing the club. You know, it, it, I, I don't know whether he had that sort of moment with them, but even in that matchup, there was a lot of toing and froing for points and tries. And we've been watching them so long thinking that they're going to tighten up that defense. They never have. Um, and thought that they would have worked that out weeks ago to comfortably put the Bulldogs away. And if it wasn't for Luke Carey, I just feel like he's saved that team a few too many times with um, field goals and they just can't keep relying on him to do that. Or maybe Luke Carey is the one that has the urgency in that team to have the foresight and the vision to think, oh yeah, I'm going to knock one over. It's been 70 minutes and we're not there yet. So I also feel like the Panthers, they've got a few players in there that can kind of move around to help support Jack Cogger a little bit in that halfback position and really sort of strengthen around that attack. So, I mean, look, I know we talk about Jerome Lawai a little bit um, at 5'8", And how, you know, sometimes he's on or off in matches, but you've got Stephen Crichton, you've got Jerome Nawai. and when you kind of like side-by-side look at the rest of the Roosters in comparison, in terms of consistent performance, it still feels to me like this is definitely a Panthers to take this. Lachlan, I agree with you. It should be around about a 16-point margin win for them. Brutal?
2: I think that's pretty good points. I think that's what it should be like, but I don't know. I just feel like something's going to go go astray with them without having Nathan Cleary. But also if it does and they do lose this game, they're going to be in a bit of a a hard position because they're out without Nathan Cleary for the next six weeks. So they're going to have to figure it out one way or another because otherwise this could derail their season. Like we never know when we can, like we can't prevent injuries or whatever, but you always know that there's going to be a risk of playing players and for him, to, for Nathan Cleary to get a hamstring injury after playing Origin and backing up, that was a situation that he, maybe he shouldn't. I didn't see all his stats, and you don't know his whole load and that sort of stuff. But should he have even been playing that game?
3: Well, this is the argument. I just found it very interesting around his injury. Then the conversation then was raised of, do or does Origin get moved to the end of the year? does, do players, should players be rested if they're picked for origin and they shouldn't back up? And I think it was just interesting around his injury that that's when the conversation was brought up instead of like Jai Arrow and Cam Murray and things like that. Like it was when the Prince of Penrith's injury happened. (laughs) When Nathan got hurt, it was like, oh, no, we need to move origin to the end of the year. And it's like, no, we don't. Like,
2: yeah, I don't think we should either. I think the, it, it being there is a good time for you to play new players, for those players to get rested for it. It's kind of like a bit of an evening out. Um,
3: yeah.
2: Kind of like you've got the salary cap to keep it even, but then this is another kind of time where other teams can step up and pull more out because you, you're not playing your best players and it kind of makes the competition a little bit more exciting. And if you want to risk it and play your players that probably shouldn't be backing up, they've already had a big week just so that you can get that one win, well, now you're going to be struggling for the next six weeks. I think that's on you.
1: I love the origin period. It just throws up so many so many different scenarios. And, yeah, like you were saying, Emma, it's it's on the clubs to make those decisions around players backing up. And obviously it's in their best interest to do what's in the best interest for their players. So it just adds a whole a whole different level to I guess the complexity that these clubs need to you know need to think about each week and I really like that so yeah I don't think there should be any restrictions as to origin players backing up
2: yeah I agree with you yeah I feel like I just want to know what like what the conversation was around it like because the I'm sure that all the support team would have been able to see his numbers, see how much he had done during origin. They should know all the load. Like there's, it's quite possible that there's a bit of a acute chronic like workload ratio that they're there, that he's played too much in this short amount of time. Sometimes it's going to happen anyway, you can't, you can't always pick it. It could happen no matter what, but was the conversation had like, Oh, we should rest him. And that, like um, Cleary's just gone. Nah, we're not resting him. He's playing, or did like was it was it a no no thing? Like he didn't need to be. He didn't need to be rested. Like you don't know.
3: He could have been rested. Like yeah. I don't think it would have made a massive difference to the game if Nathan Cleary was rested and then he can back up for Origin. But again, like like it's just thrown such a spanner in the works into the New South Wales team. Like, his loss and I guess when I say the Prince of Penrith got hurt and New South Wales is in a spin, but his loss is like a domino effect in terms of origin. They're going to like they sort of have to re-scramble the whole team potentially.
0: So I feel like it was ego that perhaps propelled him to want to play. And I'm sure when Ivan asked him, Are you right to play, he would have been thinking, everyone's been rubbishing me about my poor performance and turnout for origin. I have to turn up for club and look like I'm the dude. I can still get it in control. I can still play this position quite well. And probably as a result, he's misjudged and gotten injured. So, I mean, if there's anyone to blame, I feel it's not the fact that the team didn't make the decision to step in and pull him off off the side, but I think it's just his own ego to try and prove that he still had the goods, which is perhaps what resulted in this. Because when, has, when have you had players come off uh, with these types of injuries when they think that they could back up. It's because of ego.
2: Could could well be, yeah. But all that we do know is now he's out for six weeks. So was that
0: Dragons game worth it? <laughs> Probably not. All right. Um, thank you, Lachlan. That was quite an animated bit of banter, after your preview. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that 16-point margin <laughs> when the Panthers will take away over the Roosters. Okay, so on Sunday we have only one match and that is the Melbourne Storm hosting the Cronulla Sharks in Melbourne. The Storm are coming off a very uncharacteristic high margin loss to the North Queensland Cowboys in Townsville and the Sharks are coming off a loss to the Brisbane Broncos at Shark Park. Gabby, what can we expect from this match? It feels like this could be an alignment of stars for a Storm win. Is that the case?
3: I surely hope so. I'm hoping that Given it's a Melbourne home game, they can regain something from the absolute trouncing that they got from the Cowboys last week, which was embarrassing, but we'll move on. We digress. Both teams, both Melbourne and Cronulla are relatively unchanged from their losses to the Cowboys and the Bronx. So for Melbourne, Justin Ollum failed his HIA on Sunday, so he's actually out for this match and Grant Anderson will replace him in the centres. And then on the bench, Tarek Sims has been named, which is always good. He always adds a bit of grit to the Storm side. For the Sharks, bench forward Cameron McInnes has been named to return from a hand injury. So that means Thomas Hazleton goes back to the reserves. And as I said, that's the only real change in both teams. Actually, for Sharks fans, Blake Braley Ronaldo Molotalo and Braden Hamill and ULA, they're all charged um, against Brisbane, but they have all accepted fines. So they're good to play against Melbourne. So that's one positive for Sharks fans. This game could go either way, I feel. I'm hoping that Melbourne coming off such a big loss will have something to prove. Um, I'm hoping for their well-being against Craig Bellamy that they will something will click for them in terms of, where their season is going because it's not looking promising right now. But in saying that, the Sharks also, this could be a really like, this could have a lot of emotion in it. Nico Hines coming back to Melbourne, playing against his old team, I think that will be big. I also think Nico has a little bit bit to prove in terms of keeping his origin position for New South Wales, a little bit like how you mentioned and Cody Walker and Damien Cook. They're all sort of in the running to replace Nathan Cleary. So I think Nico will be stepping up majorly. I think if the Sharks can get a win over Melbourne and Nico has a really good game, that really secures his spot. But I'm really interested. I'm obviously going Melbourne, fingers crossed, but I'm really interested in your guys' opinion in terms of what you think, an unbiased look at this game.
1: This is a really interesting one. I guess... The rule is that, you know, ever since the storm have has existed, like, you don't, you don't tip the storm to lose two in a row. Like, they always bounce back. They're always there. I feel like this year might be different for the storm. Sorry to say, Gabby. Yeah, I, I like the Sharks for an upset. I think Melbourne have quite a bit of work to do. I think the Sharks have a lot of work to do as well. I, I don't know if I can justify any more than that. But, yeah, I'm going for Cronulla.
2: Yeah, look, at first I... For some reason, was just thinking Sharks, um, but I think it's a Melbourne home game. They would have had a massive Bellamy spray after that uh, game last week, and I don't see them coming out and losing again after that, so I'm going to go Storm.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Storm. They're at home. They actually have a better completion rate compared to the Sharks. It's kind of astounding because like, the Sharks stats from their last match against the Broncos, like... They have been billed as the best attacking side for the season. And, like, that last game they had most of the ball possession. Despite all the attacks, Brisbane defence was just too good. And, like, there are moments where I see the storm defence sort of almost equaling Brisbane. But I reckon this will be a lot closer then. Um, I reckon it will be about six points in it, but I still think it will be a storm win. All right. Uh, And for the final match of the round, it's on Monday afternoon. It's out at Sydney Olympic Park. We've got the Canterbury Bulldogs taking on the Parramatta Eels for a mid-afternoon match. It's actually a really nice time of day. And of course, those of us enjoying the Monday long weekend, will be tucking into that. So the Bulldogs were on the end of another field goal to decide a match against a very determined Roosters team. that was in no way going to let them win. However, the Bulldogs um, are looking to try and make their way back. The Eels, they're coming off a bye coming into this round um, as well, Gabby. This is the last match of the round. This is usually when, you know, magic happens or something happens for um, usually an upset. What can we expect? Can the Eels possibly uh, prove that coming off a bye um, doesn't always turn out to be a loss as it has been for most teams this season?
3: Yeah, definitely. As you said, long weekend footy. These two, this matchup is always... This just screams long weekend weekend footy to me, Bulldogs and Eels. Um, It should be good. It should be exciting. I hope the fans turn out for it. Both teams have a few changes. So for the Bulldogs, um, Reid Marnie. So a bit of controversy around here. So although Reid suffered a Category 2 HIA on Sunday against the Roosters, Uh, and he was diagnosed with a concussion. The club has actually applied for an exemption from the NRL's 11-day stand-down policy, so similar to Tom Trevojevic. So the difference here is that Tom wasn't diagnosed with a concussion, whereas Reid has been. He has been named to play, but it'll be interesting what happens there. So Reid will only be able to take the field next Monday against Parramatta if he's declared fully fit by the independent neurological expert that the NRL appoints to that. So. At this point in time, he's named, but that could be subject to change given the HIA protocols. Uh, Other than that, the Bulldogs' winger, Jacob Carraz, is set to return from an elbow injury, which sees Blake Wilson moving back to the reserves. Harrison Edwards moves to the starting side at lock. And with Ryan Sutton out, Chris Patolo joins the bench. So that's it for the Bulldogs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Reid, especially coming up against his old club in Parramatta. For Para, there's a big in with Regan Campbell-Gillard coming back early from a groin injury that he suffered in round eight. So that's a massive inclusion for Parramatta. Andrew Davey is also back after missing round 13 due to a concussion. Matt Dory moves to the bench. And for now, Dylan Brown has been named at 5'8, but this is subject to change due to the NRL's no fault stand down condition. If Dylan's out, it'll be interesting to see who will slot into the 5'8 position. There's been rumours that Clint Gutherson could slide there, but again, needing some experience at that fullback position, Gutho should probably stay in the number one to catch those Matt Burton bombs. So the only person I could probably suggest in that 5'8 might be Brendan Hands. He's been coming off the bench and sliding into that number nine role, um, usually in the second half. So that's all subject to change, depending on what the NRL's integrity unit decides. So for me, I think I'm going to go with Parramatta. I think that inclusion of Regan Campbell-Gillard and Andrew Davey, I, I like them both coming back into the side. And I think because of the chat around Parramatta this week, I think they'll go out and with just a little bit to prove, um, just to quieten people down, I guess, in terms of focusing on footy. Um, but, yeah, it'll be a good game either
1: way.
2: Yeah, I think it makes more sense to go to the Eels, but... For no particular reason I'm just going to go upset and go the doggies. Yeah,
1: a few things that I found a bit interesting about this game. I'm really confused about the Reed marnie application for an exemption. On what on what grounds can you just um get an exemption from that? Like
3: well they're arguing that because he's had no symptoms and he has no history of concussion that he can be exempt, but then they they scream player welfare and that player welfare is above all, you would think. It's bizarre. I agree with you, Lachlan. It's almost like what are you trying to prove by playing, like obviously it's Parramatta, your old club, but it's like don't you care about your health a little bit more than I guess yeah. yeah, just club. I, buddy.
1: I guess the whole point of bringing in those concussion protocols was to stop, you know, these things where it comes up to the club, I guess. Um, exactly. So surely the NRL declines that request for an exemption, but we'll see other thing is I'd love to see Clint Gutherson play in the halves. I think that'd be fun as a neutral observer to see. Um, Just add a, another bit of interest into the game. I was at this game last year when it was the Queen's birthday and that, that game, the Bulldogs came out of absolutely nowhere and put like 30, I think 36 points on on para really quickly. And the atmosphere was just electric, which is pretty cool, especially in such a big stadium. Um, so hopefully there's a... A bit of a replicate of that this year. I don't think the Bulldogs will be able to pull it off, though. Uh, I think the Eels should win.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is a comfortable uh, win for the Eels. And the Eels have sort of beaten the Bulldogs in their last two matchups with huge margins. Um, I think they know how to beat them, and they've certainly filed that formula away, and they'll come to this match with the same sort of gameplay. I
2: think it also sets a really bad precedent if you can apply for a – exemption and what's the point of even having the mandatory stand out you may as well just say do whatever you want like what was the point yeah and also what are the neurological experts like genuine question like what do they actually do because it's pretty hard to actually tell
3: uh, well it's just sort of like what I looked into it was just an independent but isn't the people deciding it on the game day independence and then the club goes and asks for another independent. Like I just don't I don't know in terms of how much more expert they are in terms of the doctor that's deciding it on the game day. But
2: yeah, like are they getting brain scans or are they literally just looking at and be like, oh yeah, he looks all right.
3: Because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like you said, Lachlan, there's just what's the point in these protocols if they're not going to be properly followed?
0: Well, there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you, Gabby, Emma and Lachlan. Thanks for tuning in and wishing you a great long weekend. We appreciate your support and hope you can tune in regularly. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find details about our panelists and hosts for all of our shows at our website at mojosports.com.au with all of their social media handles so you can reach out to them. Until next episode, please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word, wishing your team a great round and no injuries. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. (laughs) You're going to Europe twice this year and now you want to go to the moon too?
1: I didn't even know it was on the table until Gabby brought it up.
3: Free tickets to the moon if the dragons.
1: Could be a south, surely. <laughs>